celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you and praise you for Christmas. I want to thank you and praise you for your love for us in you sending Jesus Christ, our Lord, into this world. I thank you that he is the greatest gift we could ever receive from you. And I pray that this morning, as we read your word, we may understand more of that gift, that precious gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, and what he means for our lives. We ask it in your name, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. Bring your revelation, bring your truth to our hearts. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Right, okay. During my message... Anybody is welcome to come up to the stage, even while I'm speaking, and just help themselves, if you fall into that category, okay? So, that's thrown out to everybody. Gifts are there. It's up to you. If you want uh, a title for the message uh, for this morning, I've named it, uh, Jesus Christ, the Gift of God, Emmanuel God with us. I wonder what kind of Christmas celebration you will be having this year. For many millions it will be without Jesus. Yet Jesus is central to Christmas. Think about it. Without Jesus there would be no Christmas. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you feel that Christmas has got too commercialised? Are you drained by the chaotic running around to ensure all goes well on the day? Are you stressed with the arrangements? Maybe you're worried about the financial cost of it all. Obviously somebody wasn't listening. Well done. Maybe you're worried about the financial situation and the cost of it all. Then there's a matter of giving and receiving gifts. Will the recipients like it or not? Or will there be disappointment on your part when you open your gift on Christmas Day to find out that you haven't received what you were hoping for, even with all the pre-Christmas hints? Are you listening, gentlemen? Reminds me of a joke. A guy brought his wife a beautiful, beautiful diamond ring for Christmas. After hearing about this extravagant gift, a friend of his said, I thought she wanted one of those 44 by 4 drive vehicles. She did, he replied, but where was I going to find a fake Jeep? (laughs) If for some reason you end up with an unwanted gift, please be gracious this Christmas. After all, the Bible does say it's better to give than to receive. It reminds me of a small uh, story, a Christmas story, actually, of a small boy called John. Not relating to you, John. You're all right. He was coming up to Christmas, and John asked his mum if he could have a new bike. So she told him that the best idea would be to ride to Santa Claus. Not good advice. But John, having just played a vital role in the school nativity play, 
said he would prefer to write to the baby Jesus instead. So John started to write a letter to the Lord Jesus. And he put in there, Dear Jesus, I have been a very good boy and would like to have a bike for Christmas full stop. But he wasn't happy with that when he read it back. So he decided to write another one. And he wrote, Dear Jesus, I'm a good boy most of the time and would like a bike for Christmas full stop. He read it back and he wasn't happy with that one either. He tried a third version. Dear Jesus, I could be a good boy if I tried hard, and especially if I had a new bike. <laughs> he read that one too, but he wasn't satisfied. So he decided to go out for a walk while he thought about a better approach. After a short time, he passed a house with a small statue outside in the garden of the Virgin Mary. He crept in, stuffed the statue under his coat, hurried home and hid it under his bed. Then he wrote this letter. Dear Jesus, if you want to see your mother again, you better get me a bike for Christmas. I don't advocate that. Even amongst those who do not confess a belief in Jesus, many would agree that Christmas has become too commercialised. Our quiz demonstrates that. The introduction of Santa Claus, Christmas carols, Christmas songs, Christmas crackers, Christmas trees, Christmas lights and decorations, and etc, etc, etc. And we all get involved in this. It's all part of Christmas. So, hey, my, my lights have gone off. Oh, took them off. Ah, I wanted those lights on. Never mind. For many people around the world, Jesus is somehow not mentioned or even remembered at Christmas. Either because they don't know him or because they leave Jesus out of Christmas completely. So Christmas becomes an excuse to overindulge in the pleasures of life. Eating, drinking, being merry and relaxing. There's nothing wrong with these things. But if these things are the only reason for celebrating Christmas, then we have missed out the most important single point of Christmas, and that is Jesus. We end up with a diluted diluted Christmas, sorry about that, diluted Christmas celebration, and our concentration is turned away from the message of Christ's incarnation, that is his bodily appearance in human form, to excessive self-centred indulgence and pleasure. If we are truly to enter into the spirit and celebration of Christmas, but we must focus our attention on the event of the Incarnation, which is at the heart of the Christmas message. The purpose of the Incarnation is to show what God is like, to make it possible for human beings to know God. That is, God has made himself fully known, personally and specifically, to the whole of mankind, by taking on himself our nature. Having come amongst us in human form, in flesh and blood, being born as a babe in a stable and maturing into manhood, and having accomplished as much as he did, Jesus did, was truly uh, human and divine. He possessed the divine nature in the fullest sense. 
The birth of Jesus was unique. In short, Jesus was fully human and fully God. But there may be some amongst us this morning who may be asking questions like, was Jesus a real person who existed? Or, did the Bible story of the birth of Jesus really take place? Or, what is Christmas all about? And finally, how can we be sure that all this is true? These are all valid questions. And during our time together this morning, hopefully I will endeavour to try and answer some of them. So number one, was Jesus a real person who existed? Even though we celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th, we are not sure of the actual birth date. No one knows the exact date of our Lord's birth. However, we do know that by the end of the 4th century, Christ's birth was celebrated on January the 6th. And then later on, the celebration was divided between January 6th and December the 25th. Despite the uncertainty of the date of his birth, there is no way to refute his actual existence and there is abundance of historical evidence to support his reality. Therefore, we can celebrate his birthday and we can celebrate Christmas. You may find the following fact hard to believe in this day and age, but I assure you that it's true. My mother's birthday was not actually known to us as a family. Having been born in India, many people never really saw the need to celebrate birthdays. My mother never really knew her actual birth date. From what she remembered, she believed her birth was in the month of May, but had no idea of the actual date. This didn't stop us from celebrating it. The fact that the exact date was not known did not deny her existence. Similarly, even though the exact date of Jesus' birth is not known, there is a mountain of reliable evidence verifying his existence, recorded for us in history in various forms, from a variety of sources, from secular historians and philosophers to the church fathers, as well as the Bible itself. Time doesn't permit us to look at this in detail. However, you may feel, that you, you, however, you may find Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Christ, which is a journalistic personal investigation of the evidence for Jesus, interesting reading over Christmas. Number two, did the Bible's story of the birth of Jesus really take place? This is not a made-up story, but a real story of a person who existed and lived amongst mankind. His birth was prophesied 500 years before his arrival by the prophet Isaiah. And Matthew quotes that in our reading this morning from Isaiah 7, verse 14. This is what it reads. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Other prophets also prophesied his coming. Prophets like Micaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah and others. The life of Jesus affected the whole Roman Empire and caused it to change in such a, such a way that Christianity spread widely. 
Also, we saw from this morning's reading, uh, wise men from distant lands came to pay homage to him, presenting him with gifts which spoke of his kingship and his majesty. Besides the Bible account, there, are, there is historical evidence from secular sources. The Bible gives us a clear account of some of the things Jesus did. And I encourage you over the Christmas spirit to take some time out and read one of the Gospels. Number three. What is Christmas all about? Christmas is God showing his love to mankind. Earlier I made mention of the incarnation. It is in the incarnation of Jesus Christ we see the gift of God to humanity. The baby born in a manger was to grow up into manhood and make God known to all mankind. Though his earthly, through his earthly life, he showed God's love to people. He healed many, performed many miracles, signs and wonders. We find all these accounts in the Bible. Matthew tells us this was no ordinary birth but a supernatural birth. A miraculous birth ordained by God and announced to Mary, the mother of Jesus, by the angel Gabriel. The Bible makes it clear there was no union between Mary and Joseph and Mary was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. We saw that from our scriptures this morning in Matthew. Can you imagine the shock Joseph had when he found out Mary to be with child? We see from the scriptures that Joseph too experienced an angelic visitation in a dream and he was instructed to accept God's work in Mary's body. Joseph being a righteous and God-fearing man accepted God's plan for him and Mary. Then there's the three wise men or the kings, magi as they're called, who also were in search of the newborn baby and were led to the vicinity of the birth of Christ by a star. The whole event was orchestrated by God. His hand was seen in every aspect of the birth of Jesus. Even to the point of the, names, of the name of the new child. In our reading this morning from Matthew, chapter 1, verse 21, it read, She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. The name of Jesus means the Lord saves or saviour. Also following further down in verse 23, it says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In these verses we see the two names which describe the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 21, Jesus is God's salvation, the one by whom God would accomplish salvation for lost sinners. He alone was qualified to accomplish salvation because he he was both God and man. Hence, it says, he will save his people. In verse 23, Emmanuel means God with us. In the incarnation, God came to earth in human flesh to dwell amongst men. Hence, God is with us even now. 
There's a famous uh, verse in the Bible, known, very well known by most people in John chapter 3, verse 16, and it says the following, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's only Son. That's John chapter 3, verse 16, 17 and 18. It's very clear. I don't need to really add anything to that. We see from these verses that Jesus is the greatest gift that we could ever receive from God. Prior to Jesus in the past, God had revealed himself by his works and through his world and through his word, the Bible. In the coming of Jesus, God was revealed in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 and 3 read as follows. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is the gift of God in that Jesus came to redeem and reconcile man to God. Nothing could be more clearly documented in the scriptures than the fact that the principal purpose of the incarnation was to save men from their wrongdoings and sin. A very well known verse in Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that we have not been able to reach God's standard because we have sinned. We have willfully chosen to live our lives our way and by doing so, we've broken God's law. There's always a penalty for breaking the law. And in this case, it's spiritual separation from God. I call it spiritual death. Further on in Romans again, in chapter 6, verse 23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our wrongdoing and sins deserve death because we are the lawbreakers, not Jesus. But Jesus took our place on the cross and died for us because he loved us. He did it for you and he did it for me. He did it for us because we are the lawbreakers. But it doesn't end there. If we read in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, it says, But when this set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Praise God. 
Here we see how the birth of Jesus is directly linked to our redemption, our salvation. Remember Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. The name of Jesus means he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is our salvation this morning. This points to the reality of the greatest need that we have in our lives. That is for forgiveness. Why? Because this is why Jesus came, to save us. If we are honest, we would all have to admit that we do things wrong. Sometimes knowingly, sometimes willing, uh, willfully, and other times without thinking on the spur of the moment because it's something we just can't stop ourselves doing. Afterwards we regret it. We say hurtful things, tell lies, and do things which we are deeply ashamed of, which leads to guilt. Guilt is an awareness and realisation of wrong doing before God. This morning, you may not have physically committed murder, but you may have assassinated somebody by your harsh words. This morning you may not have robbed a bank but you may have knowingly slipped an insignificant item into your pocket at work or borrowed something and conveniently forgot to return it. This morning you may not have called anybody a liar but you have already judged them and convicted them in your own mind. This morning you may may not have committed adultery but you may have fantasized the possibility of being with somebody else besides your partner. This morning you may not have slandered your work colleagues, your neighbor, your friends, or your family in Christ, but you may have gossiped about them behind their back. This morning you may have not envied your friend's new 4x4 Jeep and new six-bedroom house, but you may have been inwardly jealous and contemptuous and scornful of him. Mark chapter 7 verse 20 and 23 reads as follows. And this is Jesus speaking. He went on. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is, sorry, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, Greed, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. It is these things that cause spiritual separation. It is these things that Jesus came to save us from. We are created to live in relationship with God. Jesus, by his death on the cross, made it possible for us to be forgiven and be brought back into relationship with God. Hallelujah. The death of Jesus on the cross was the only way God could reconcile mankind to himself. And it had to start with his birth. And it culminated in his death on the cross. Jesus shows the extent of his unconditional love for us later in the Gospels, at at his death on the cross. 
His willingness to suffer the verbal abuse and insults along with the cruelty of the whip when he was beaten so that his skin was laid bare. Then having his wrists and feet pierced with the nails being hammered by the Roman soldiers into the wooden cross. And then finally, death on the cross. The Bible tells us that even at the cross, Jesus offered forgiveness to one of the criminals who responded in faith towards Jesus. The same forgiveness is still offered today to me, to you, to us. The criminal knew his punishment was deserving, yet he recognised that Jesus could offer him that which he did not have. Forgiveness. And sure enough, Jesus promised him that. He would be with him in paradise. You may feel that you're not worthy or deserving this morning. The forgiveness that Jesus offers. Take note of this story. The issue is, are we willing to own up to our need and ask for forgiveness. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Strong words. Here we are promised that when we simply draw near to God, he responds by drawing close to us. How do we draw close to God? By just simply coming before him in prayer reading his word and obeying it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, exhorts us, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled, sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Hallelujah. Being clean, absolutely clean. So what should our response be this morning towards God's invitation to draw near to him? It's simple. There's only two responses. No thank you. And yes thank you. Saying no means we reject God's gift of salvation through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But God is still loving towards us even when we reject him. But... His righteousness demands judgment for sin. And if we reject the forgiveness that Jesus offers us, we condemn ourselves to judgment. Then they're saying yes. Saying yes means we're willing to admit we have met God's standard and we're willing to confess our wrongdoing and sin before him and repent. That is to say sorry, the wrong we have done in our lives and then to stop going down that road. Repent means to turn around from the wrong direction that our lives are heading in and to turn towards God and ask God to help us, to lead us in his way. What will it be for you this morning? No? Or yes? How will you respond? Then lastly, number four, how can we be sure of all this? The only way we can be sure is to encounter Jesus himself in our own lives. You can do this today, even this morning. I want to read a quote from a famous theologian, James Packer. 
This is what he says. The Son of God came to seek us where we are in order that he might bring us to be with him where he is. I'll read that again. The Son of God came to seek us where we are in order that he might bring us to be with him where he is. Is God speaking to you? This morning, I believe he is. He's speaking to you where you are this morning. Neil testified this morning to the change in his life and how his, his life completely turned around. How that God had blessed him, how he came to know Jesus. How it blessed him and his family for the good. You too can know that this morning. As a result of the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are offered forgiveness, freedom from the punishment of sin, and offered everlasting life. How do we obtain this forgiveness and eternal life? By acknowledging your wrong before Him and accepting Him as your Saviour. When I ask Caroline, and um, now to come up to the stage they're going to sing a song please uh, be seated for the song just looking around the stage here looks like all my gifts are gone well done well done you know those gifts were there. You didn't have to earn them this morning. You didn't have to pay for them this morning. They were a gift from me to anybody who wanted it. And you know, this morning, God is offering you a gift. The gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to hear a little bit more about that. As Caroline and Mel sing a song this morning. This morning, you have the opportunity to discover the reality of Jesus for yourself in your life. If this morning you would like to encounter the living Lord Jesus, then you can do just that by following me in a simple prayer. But first, Caroline and Mel are going to sing this song and then we'll have that short prayer. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.